<laughs> she's like a shark because she's barely out of the frame, so it's just like her head. Oh, really? <laughs> she's such a such a shark. What are you doing? What are you doing? She's like, yeah. It's like I don't know if that's how she like feels things. Is she just like has to put them in her mouth? She's yeah. like biting. Good girl. PTC cast episode six. Today we're going to talk about the optimal training splits, all kinds of training splits. Um, Push pull or all kinds. All kinds. We're going to talk about all of them. Oh. Or every every obvious one, I guess. Okay. What's your training split? Um, Mondays will either be heavy squats. Okay, wait, rewind. Yes. Is this like always your training split? Is this your current block? This is always my training split. Okay. Maybe it'll change in the future. Okay. But um, it alternates heavy squats or heavy deadlifts on Mondays. Okay. So it alternates every week. And then on Wednesdays, it's heavy bench. On Thursdays, it's Thursdays or Fridays, depending on how I feel, it's heavy back. And then on Saturdays, it's light bench. Okay. Which is usually just speed and that kind like of triceps access, and shoulders. Accessory work too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah it's like maintenance stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And then you rest Sunday, and then that way you're ready for your heavy lift Monday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I make sure on uh, that Saturday not to be too taxing because, you know, yeah, yeah you, I have to. You're be, trying to save some gas. Exactly. And there's yeah. sometimes. You know, that is like my normal split, but there's sometimes where I may have to take away that uh, Saturday workout completely. Just to give yourself that time. Yeah, because, you know, when I was bigger. So you're lifting four days a week then? Exactly, okay. uh, three to four days. Sometimes I'll take out that fourth day, okay. depending on my recovery. And that's just because I need to make sure that I'm, you know, fully recovered for that Monday squat day. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So right now for me on um, Tuesdays, I'm training arms. On Thursdays, I'm training back and biceps. Mm-hmm. On Fridays, I'm training uh, chest, shoulders, and triceps. And on Sundays, I'm training legs. So four days also? Um, yes, also four days. Um, the reason I have it spaced out like that is honestly just to be around work. Um, yeah. Because Monday and Wednesday are my busiest training day. I usually do mm. between nine and 11 sessions on that day. Dang. So How many hours is it? Nine to eleven hours, oh, okay. um, but so you know, with, no work, with work commute yeah. too. Yeah, for sure. With work commute too, you know, it's 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 a long day. But um, no, so yeah, that's honestly the reason it's spaced out like that is just for work's sake. And the only reason I have a dedicated arm day is that's my focus. That's what I'm trying to bring up, right? And so that's mm-hmm. kind of that's one of the biggest things in this split discussion is it's what's your goal, right? Because if you're powerlifting you probably need to be hitting one of the big three at least once a week. Exactly, Whereas if yeah. you are bodybuilding, you might need an entire day dedicated to one specific muscle group or the mm-hmm. kind of thing you're trying to pull up or bring up. And that, like personally, I always place that day around my rest day. So if Monday and Wednesday are my rest day, boom, I'm plotting arms right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Which even though that might not be as taxing as a deadlift day or a squat day, like I need to be sure I'm 100% fresh for that and then I'm 100% recovered from that moving into my next Because that's workout. what you're mostly trying to optimize. Right, that's my focus is bringing up my arms, right? Mm-hmm. So my goal for this upcoming show is to have the best arms in my class. Gotcha. So that's essentially what I'm trying to pound on Tuesdays. Gotcha, um, so whenever you're structuring those days, it's pretty much based around uh, what you want to recover for most. Right. So, yeah. So let's say, you know, let's say, you know, we could be a different scenario. Maybe you're someone who has more bodybuilding goals and you're trying to bring up your chest, you know, maybe you would do 
chest twice a week since it's, you know, I just said I'm doing arms twice a yep. week with the dedicated day, biceps one day, triceps another day. But let's say, you know, it's chest, like then maybe you're going chest on Mondays and chest on Thursdays and then you're sprinkling everything else in between. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think, I don't think there is a best split. I don't think there's a most optimal split. I think it's tailoring it around your goals and figuring out what works best for you. You know, you can, you can, most people, I would say, like if you have a body part you're trying to bring up, you need to hit it at least twice a week. Yeah, I think so too. For sake of um, optimal stimulation, but also for sake of practicing that movement pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's so freaking important. Yeah, that's something that I think is really underrated in the fitness and wellness space is not only form, but the the actual skill that that form takes. And, you know, the way I describe it to clients is like each exercise is its own golf swing, mm-hmm. right? So you could take a dude that's 150 pounds and a dude that's 250 pounds, but if they, and they're, they're playing golf, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say both these guys are playing golf and the 250 pound guy, first time ever playing golf, 150 pound guy, I've been playing golf for 10 years. Who's going to hit the ball farther? The 150 pound guy at the time. Yeah. Yeah, And so that's, that's not, it's not, of course your raw strength matters and your raw output matters, but it's an efficiency thing. It's a, it's a skill competence thing. You know, it's why like the first time someone tries a lunge, they're all over the place, Mm -hmm. but you get to even that second time, like, okay, the balance is kind of there now. Like it's each exercise is its own skill. So like if someone's trying to bring up a body, a lagging body part, Typically where I default to is, you know, we said chest earlier mm-hmm. and let's say for this individual dumbbell press is going to be a really good option to bring up their chest. Yeah. We're going to dumbbell press twice a week. Yes. And that's not only for sake of stimulation of the pecs, but for practicing that movement. So that way, every time you dumbbell press, you're better at dumbbell pressing. You're getting mm-hmm. more out of your dumbbell press mm-hmm. because you can dumbbell press with your shoulders. You could dumbbell press with your triceps or your serratus. You could dumbbell press, you fuck, you could figure out a way to do it with your lats if you were, yeah, you know, if you didn't care enough. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing is it's like, you have to optimize that skill first. And the same way that that kind of works in the powerlifting world would be like, you know, let's say you have a great squat and a great deadlift, but your bench sucks. You better be benching twice a week, man. That's so funny that you say that because I'm in that exact situation. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah. So and you're benching twice a week. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, Going back a little bit, I also forgot to say on that Thursday or Friday where I do my upper back, I'll also hit um, lower body accessories like leg press and then leg extensions okay, sure. and leg curls. But well, if you're doing, are you doing like RDLs on that day or anything? Like yeah, that? I do RDLs okay, yeah. too. So if, you're already, if you're already doing some hip extension stuff on that day, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, so as a powerlifter, you know, you you have those three main lifts and. Uh, just like you said, since I want to get good at all three of those, I, I hit all three of those two times a week. Now I'm not hitting those at the exact same intensity, you know, both days that I hit them, I hit them at a high intensity and a extremely low intensity mm-hmm. on those other days. Um, but that low intensity is, is you can almost look at it as practice. Yeah, that's exactly why it's specifically for practice. And then I tailor my, you know, exercise choice to benefit the actual uh, movement. Like, so with squats, or let's say with deadlifts, instead of doing deadlifts twice a week, what I'll do is deadlifts, you know, the first time, and then the second time I'll do pause leg press. And what that does is that helps explosion off of the floor. And I'll do hamstring curls. That helps me, you know, get the weight from the bottom of my shins past my knees. And I'll do things to, help that lift without actually doing that lift a second time. Um, 
just because of recovery. Right, was, and that's a, you're exactly right. That's a stimulus fatigue thing because it's mm -hmm. like you know you got to play around with that. Yeah, because yeah. even if you were to if you were to even hit the big three every week, and you know for each workout maybe one was a nine out of ten intensity, and then the other one was a five out of ten intensity, that's still hitting a big three twice a week. That's a lot, man. So unless your sleep is perfect and you recover great and you're no stress, like which most people aren't, like, mm -hmm. that's just not going to happen. Yeah, and so, when I was younger. Um, I was able to do stuff like that, mm -hmm. but I was only able to, you know, hit it. And I say it, I was only able to, able to hit, you know, those exercises twice a week at pretty much the same intensity mm -hmm. because I was sleeping, you know, 11 hours. I was eating a ton. Yeah. I, my recovery was extremely optimized. Like yeah. now I have to check my ego a lot of the times because I try to train like I did when, whenever I was like that. And there's literally no way, you know, you I'm know. not trying to get fat. I can't sleep as much. Yeah. So, you know what I think part of that is too, is I think when you're younger, of course your recovery is better, but I think you don't have the skill in stone. Mm -hmm. So I think you have a lot of junk volume. That's what I was about I to say too. I think there's a yeah. lot of moving for the sake of moving. So like, you know, when I was that, you know, when I first started bodybuilding, whatever, like 17, it was push, pull legs. Mm. Monday through Saturday. So one day off, six day split. Yeah. And I remember each muscle group I was trying to hit at least, at least 10 sets per workout of each muscle group. Yeah. So if I'm going push pull legs, that's essentially 30 sets of every body part Dang. twice a week. Yeah. Well, I remember my first show when I was really trying to bring my back up, uh -huh. I was doing um, 20 sets of back twice a week. Dang. So I was doing 40 sets of back a week when I was yeah. like four weeks out from a show like an idiot. But a lot of it's junk volume, man. Well, and it's just, it's, it's super. By junk volume, you're saying not using wasted, wasted energy, wasted movement. Yeah, yeah. Essentially just, and when I say it, like inefficient, mm -hmm. inefficient, you know? And so now I'm training, you know, I just told you my split, I'll train back once a week and I'm doing maybe eight working sets, mm -hmm. maybe. Mm -hmm. And for biceps, I'm doing maybe two to three working sets on that day. So it's just, I think it's a, and your progress has been way better. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, but I think it's an efficiency thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that's most overlooked. So people, people want to look for the best training split. And I don't think that's the case. I think the best training split is going to be whatever, whatever works for you coupled with getting good at the exercises you pick within that split. Yeah. Those two are very freaking important. One of the worst things I think you can do as someone who's trying to get stronger or build muscle or, you know, improve your physique, whatever you want to call it. I think one of the worst things you can do is have too big of a pool for exercises. Mm -hmm. I don't think you need to do the same thing every workout. I think it's maybe a little more efficient if you do, but, um, you know, if you have 10 different exercises for your chest, what's the chance that you're doing any of them? Well, yeah. Versus you're if not you getting have, good yeah, at what you should be getting. Yeah. And at. if you have two exercises, it's like, Oh, well you better make them count. Yeah. Right. You better really connect. You better be sure that there's something that's, that's there and that matters. Yeah. You know? It's no longer just, you know, moving on or doing one exercise and going, oh, I got nine right. different ones. Like, let me just get through this one so I can get to the next. Right. If you have two, it's like, okay, I got this one. Let me put my all, all into it. Let me make sure that I'm actually doing this correctly with the right intention and then I'll move on to the next one and take that rank. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. if you, yeah. if you know, like, let's say I'm going into a, let's say I'm going into a chest workout that I know I'm doing 20 sets in. Well, I, I can't, I can't go to failure on my first set. 
Yeah. If I do go to failure, the rest of the workout's toast. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I almost feel you're like gonna that. You're going to hold yourself back. I almost feel like that early stage where you're just, you have all that junk volume is almost like, I don't want to say learning, but like you're, you're figuring out what you really need to be doing. Well, it sucks because, you know, you say figuring out, but I know if it wasn't for you, I'd still be lifting that way. And that's just because it never crossed my mind to lift correctly. Sure. You know, whenever whenever I would lift, I would lift with my whole body. Like, yeah. I'm, I don't know if you've seen me do dumbbell curls or something like that. I'm, yeah, I can grab, you know, the 120s and I actually used to do this. Yeah. I would curl with the 120s, but just, yeah, you're just fucking, it would be like this. You're hip thrusting. Yeah. yeah, and I would never have, you know, actual sore biceps. Yeah, you're doing a, one of my buddies calls them shot put curls. Oh yeah? <laughs> yes. That's, yeah. Pretty, that's exactly yeah. what it was. Now I would even have to wear straps to actually to hold curl? on, oh, Christ, to hold man. on to the dumbbells. Yeah. <clears throat> but now, you know, after, and I don't know if this is just because you know, watching your content and seeing like how intentional you are with your lifting. And one thing that also did help me was you saying, or you specifying the rep ranges for whatever goals uh, that you have. And the rep range that I found was good for me was 12 reps. Mm -hmm. Well, now when I do those 12 reps and I do it with intention, yeah. you know, if I'm doing bi bicep curls, it's specifically for biceps. Yeah. It's not for like my forearms, it's not for my shoulders. Yeah. It's not for my lats. Yeah. The next day, like my biceps are sore. Yeah. And when I do lat pull downs, I can actually feel soreness in my upper back, which yeah. is so funny to say, cause that should be obvious. Right. But it well, wasn't. And it's such an interesting conversation to have because you know, as bodybuilders, powerlifters, fitness, just humans in general, we like to have like a tangible thing. Right. And so we write down, you know, 100 pounds for 10 reps. Mm -hmm. Well, what if that 100 pounds for 10 reps on your dumbbell curls was actually your quads, your hamstrings, your glutes, your upper back, and your Exactly, forearms. I never thought about it like that. Versus your 20 pounds for 10 reps that was just your biceps. Mm -hmm. How do you equate what's more efficient? In my opinion, you wanna pick the lower weight every time, number one for your joints, number two for efficiency, but number three just for measurable progress because mm -hmm. it's like, man, you have, to, you have to qualify what a rep is before you can quantify what a rep is. Mm -hmm. Because if they're all different or if they're all momentum and swinging, it doesn't matter. Yeah. None of it matters, you know? Um, so I think it's one of those things that it's like, you have to be, um, you have to be very aware of your movement patterns. Was it, so was it an ego thing for you? Was it, it a was not definitely, thing? Yeah. Well, I guess at first it wasn't really an ego thing. At first it was because I thought that that's what I needed to do to get strong. And I do think, I honestly think that it did help me get strong to an extent. Um, because whenever I did till something snaps, yeah, but thankfully, yeah. you know, nothing did snap. Um, whenever I did do exercises that way, I would focus on the, so if I'm doing curls, you know, I would cheat curl it up, but yeah. then I'd focus on whatever this is eccentric. called, eccentric, mm -hmm. I'd focus on that. And now, you know, that would help me, or at least I thought that that would help me, um, when it came to strength because you know I was still kind of focusing and using yeah. that on the way down but you know now I can't do that because I have to be efficient yeah. with my workouts because I'm not you know sleeping that amount of time I'm yeah. not eating that amount of calories I can't get away with what I could get away with back then right now I have to be very intentional with um 
what I'm hitting, why right. I'm hitting it, right. and what benefit it's actually going to provide for me. Right. Because right now, yeah, I could grab the 100-pound dumbbells. And just swing away. But, yeah, if I'm trying to get, you know, better-looking biceps or more functional biceps, what is that going to yeah. do for me? Well, and that's the question. Nothing. And that's the question is, it's like, why would you grab the 100-pound dumbbells? Exactly. There's, 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 no, there's no other reason aside feeding your ego. Yeah, and that's there's my thought high, now. You, know? you said choosing between the 100-pound dumbbells or the 20-pound dumbbells, mm -hmm. I can promise you my biceps would get way more work grabbing the 20-pound dumbbells than it would the 100 pounds. Mm -hmm. I could do 10 sets of 15 with the 100-pound dumbbells versus you know five sets of 10 with the 20-pound dumbbells, and my biceps would be shot yeah. from the 20-pound dumbbells. Yeah. And I'd still probably be able to do more sets with the hundred. Yeah, that's a that's a so great it's like, point, man. What is it even doing? Yeah, hundred percent. And so then it becomes, you're exactly right. What is it even doing? Yeah. And that's why, like, one of the most important things in whatever training split you pick, whatever training method you pick, whatever your goals are, like, man, you've got to check your ego at the door. Mm -hmm. You have to. And for me, that's always been a little bit easier because I've always been a smaller guy, and I, I've never been crazy strong. Mm -hmm. I've always, I would say one genetic thing I got is I've always squatted efficiently and done mm -hmm. lower body exercise efficiently, but I would never classify myself as like naturally strong. Yeah. So I just never like, even with shitty technique, I wasn't moving a lot of weight mm -hmm. and you know, the shitty technique wasn't working for me. You know, I was swinging around my dumbbell lateral raises. I was doing barbell overhead presses and my yeah. shoulders wouldn't grow mm -hmm. until I was like, Oh wait, I got to do a cable lateral raise. It's actually an efficient exercise. And I got to learn how to lock my scaps in and drive yes, my palms out. You know what I mean? And so, mm -hmm. I don't know. Some people call it overcomplicating and, and reinventing the wheel. It's like, but I thought that that's what it but is, but, but it's not. I mean, fucking that's, that's what people said when they went from a flip phone to an Apple iPhone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, it just makes calls. And it's like, is that true? You know, it's a, it's a computer in your pocket now. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you just move the weight and get the result. And it's like, no, dude, that's stupid. I think at the, uh, uh, if you're a genetic freak, maybe. Yeah. But, and then are you a genetic freak? Probably not. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, probably not. Um, I know one thing for me is I was just lazy, you know, I like, I was ignoring the fact that, you know, hey, if I do want to get way, way better and have a huge edge on, you know, my powerlifting competitors, I should probably pay attention to the exercise, exercises that I'm doing yeah. and do them correctly yeah. or else, you know, what the hell am I doing? Like, I was actually talking with this or talking about this with a buddy. Um, his name is Jonathan. Shout out it's Jonathan. yeah, shout out Jonathan. He's really like it's really really easy to work hard as hell with you know five sets of dumbbells, you know, with a hundred pounds or something like that, and just BS the whole thing. At the end of the day, it's really easy because you're relying on adrenaline and you're in the now. You're not looking, you know, however. Mm -hmm. many months down the road mm -hmm. um, to grow your biceps. But if you're looking at, you know, using those 20 pounds right now and being intentional with those biceps, uh, your bicep curls, and then, you know, three days later hitting it again with maybe 25 pounds and again, using specifically your biceps in the long run, the growth is going to be so much better and that's just because you're paying attention to the long run the, the cool thing this. the cool thing too is you save your body man yeah you man, save yeah, your yeah. body like i remember trying to force myself to flat bench press for a long time and i have a tiny rib cage man so mm -hmm. the flat barbell bench press is just not made for me mm -hmm. and you know i would 
Yeah, and I would, man, I would try to force myself to just be bouncing weight off my chest and I would just try my hardest. And, you know, that was, I would say that was maybe the one thing I did ego lift on a bit. And that was, I've impinged my left shoulder three times as a flat bench every time. Really? Every time. Damn. Every single time. Left shoulder twice. See, I don't even right know shoulder, what impinge right, right shoulder twice, left shoulder once. Something mm -hmm. gets in the wrong spot. It's not a serious injury. I wouldn't even call it an injury, but it'll take you out for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like in the bursitis, tendonitis world. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but no, man, it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, if you can learn to check your ego at the door, you can get so much more out of so much less mm -hmm. and you can make so much more progress. And it's like, why, I just don't understand like why you wouldn't like other than to feed your ego. ego. Bro. Yeah, for sure. And I, so long, long time ago, I taught a boot camp, and I'll probably never do group fitness again. Mm -hmm. But um, long time ago, I taught a boot camp. And in that boot camp, there was, I don't know, like six or seven women and six or seven guys. It's like 5 a.m. boot camp before work kind of thing. And um, there's this guy in there, and it would like infuriate him when a, a, one of the women would lift heavier than he would. And the guy just like wasn't in great shape, just like normal average Joe. And like, he wasn't even a mean guy. You could just yeah. tell like it shot his ego. Yeah. You could just tell. And it's uh -huh. like, you know, and, and so those people, you know, when you're doing a 5 a.m. camp, like it's very consistent. Like people are always there mm -hmm. um, because if it's 5 a.m., it's the only time they can. Mm -hmm. And so those people are pretty adamant about showing up. And it's like, man, if you would have just like, if you would have just ate your pride and let it go and just not thought about it, we could have made the progress. and. Mm -hmm. We could have gotten you there, but the dude was too obsessed with having to grab a heavier dumbbell, having to do more. Oh, come on. You know, the important thing to keep in mind too, that really, Oh, wait, off. real quick. I say that, but I'm that exact same person. <laughs> I don't, I don't get like, I don't resent the other person at all, but I'm like, okay, let me see if I can do this. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But it was just like a, it was a thing where the dude wasn't willing to take a step back and mm -hmm. do the work. You know, you got to crawl before you run. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, man. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's just one of those things. Something that's going to entertain you. Um, this actually happened last week. Okay. I finally got over the ego lifting when it comes to my bench. Yeah. So my, I don't know if you've seen my bench. Whenever I bench, um, I come down really fast and then it like drops on my chest and, and then I throw it up. Yeah. yeah. And I was able to do that as a Which big boy. It's pretty standard, standard power lifting thing, I would say. Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be, but yeah, but, it is. But yeah, it's, it's common. Yeah, so, well, now that I lost all that weight, it's a lot more of a drop, yeah. and I can't really throw it up. Uh, so, you know, the past year I've been trying to, you know, keep on doing it, and finally I was like, okay, let me let me just, you know, take a step back. Yeah. Let me chill with this. Reevaluate. Yeah, 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 and actually do it correctly. So I've been practicing, you know, staying tight and doing a correct bench. Yeah. So this is going to sound so stupid. Uh, last week was like really the first time that I was ever like actually trying to bench good. Yeah. That was the first time in my life that I felt my chest get sore from bench. Yeah. And that is so silly, but so, it's so funny that you say that. So one of my favorite things to do to challenge people, and I don't even know, I don't think you could say that this is better for the exercise in particular, other than developing the skill of that exercise, which mm -hmm. is better for that exercise. But yep. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you get bonus points for this as far as muscle growth goes or strength development goes, but pausing and end ranges. Pausing and wait. Pausing and end ranges. So okay. if that bar is on your chest and you take two seconds to press it mm -hmm. off your chest, so if you lower down one, two, and then press, mm -hmm. 
where's your momentum going to come from? Where's your swing going to come from? Where's your bounce going to come from? There literally can't be none. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. One, of the, one of the biggest steps I take with online clients that everybody says just kicks their ass is taking their walking lunges from standard walking lunges to pausing for two seconds in the bottom of each stride. I would hate you. You pause in the bottom of your stride. You pause in the bottom of your squat. You pause in the bottom of your press. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it'll, it'll change the way you execute the exercise. It'll change the way you feel it. And suddenly mm-hmm. you're like, why is this so much harder? And it's like, it's still the same thing. Well, it's it's so much harder because it exposes where you're weak. It yeah. exposes your imbalance. It exposes that you can't stabilize in that bottom position, mm-hmm. you know? And so same idea there with your bench press. Like, imagine the difference, you know, and I don't know now that you've been practicing the better technique, but, you know, mm-hmm. let's say when you're a big boy and you're bouncing it off your, your stomach and everything, like, you know, what do you think the weight, your weight difference would be? in your barbell bench press for one rep, if you did one rep versus if you did one rep with a two second pause in your chest. I think Which I know there's massive. Yeah, and so you think about it like, okay, you know, maybe it should be different just because it's hard to pause like that, but should it be, you know, a hundred pounds different like it would be? I don't think so. Like Wait. it's pretty, it's pretty exposing. Oh yeah, 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 that's, it's 100% exposing because yeah. whenever I did do it, you know, the way that I usually do it, you know, the kind of bouncing a little right. bit, I usually did pause, but if you looked at the video, there was like a little bounce where I could capture that momentum. You know, I was able to bench 565. Yeah. But whenever I did, you know, the slow, the pause, like right on your chest, not letting it sink at all. um, You know, I was doing 405 for a couple reps. Yeah. Tops. Yeah. And now. That's 100 pounds different. That's 150 pounds different. Yeah. Like I can throw it up now and, you know, get 405 for a couple reps. But if I do the barely touch mm-hmm. and then press correctly, I can get a couple reps with 315. Right. And that's what I'm saying is we're sitting here talking about like literally a one sec difference. That's one second difference mm-hmm. for a hundred pound weight difference. It shouldn't be it's like, like that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's like if it's, if it's that exposing, like, geez, man. Exactly. You know, yeah. and it's different. It's sport specific. Like, you know, in your squat, you don't have to pause at the bottom. So like use your momentum. Like if you want to be a world champion, you kind of have mm-hmm. to. But if we're just talking about like developing movement patterns, building muscle, being as efficient as you can, being safe with your exercise, like pause in the end ranges, man. It'll mm-hmm. change the game. Mm-hmm. It'll change the game. Yeah, and it really helps with the uh, stability muscles, mm-hmm. which you want to talk about injury prevention. Yeah. Like, that is really important because I imagine whenever you do decide to, you know, go to the bigger weights and you do, those things aren't, you know, ready to stabilize that, you know, whatever uh, part you're struggling with, then you're going to, you're going to tear something. Well, and and, and injury, yeah, you're exactly right. Injury typically happens when there's a, uh, what's their way to put it? When there's an extreme change in direction like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why, like, you know, if a bodybuilder tears his pec on a bench press, knock on wood, it's It's at that, it's, mm -hmm, it's at that bottom position. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's at that bottom position and you know, there's different ways it can happen, but like, you know, usually a bicep tear happens on a deadlift right off the ground. Why? Yeah. Because they go from dead stop to yank, which yeah. maybe is a little bit different, but like you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man, it's interesting. So I feel like we haven't talked about training splits at all more. So just form and technique. Yeah, but, I know, man. So you want to go back to training splits? No, man, let's wrap it up here. And then maybe we can save some deeper dives on training splits for the next one. But I yep. think that that was, um, I think that was good, man. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta qualify your reps before you quantify them. Yeah. Super important to count. So thank you all for watching PTC cast episode six. We appreciate you. If you have any comments or questions or political views, religious ideologies, we talked about this last time, man. Comment section below. Thank you all for watching.